0: Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Skyway gives you contacts from former contracting officers, just-in-time training in the government market, and consulting to solve your unique puzzles. Visit AskSkyway.com to learn more and see if you're a fit. Today's episode is a timely encore presentation of our thoughts about how to make the end of the government fiscal year a little less stressful for both government and industry. Let's get started.
1: When the sun comes up on October 1st, it's a different world if you didn't get your contracts done on time.
0: What are we talking about here? We're talking about the fact that unlike the money in your pocket, the government's money may disappear at the end of their fiscal year. So the government fiscal year runs from October 1st to September 30th. September 30th is literally the last day that certain kinds of money can be spent. Congress passes it out on a timetable. And we talked about in podcast uh, 19, the colors of money, we talked about some of the things we're going to touch on later in this episode. But money comes from Congress as one-year money, two-year money, three-year money. So on September 30th, some money isn't available anymore. And to make matters worse, some agencies have even created an imaginary end of year by pushing that September 30th up a little bit so that they're, you know, it's it's an accounting system lockdown so that they that all their books are done and everything can get processed through their system. But I don't, I don't know if that's actually legal. I think a contract signed on September 30th <laughs> still counts, even if they've said that imaginary wise that things are locked down. So, Kevin, I, I mentioned we've talked about some of this before. Can you run through the the bona fide needs and all that stuff that we've mentioned?
1: There's a concept called bona fide need rule, and there are three pieces to that. Their purpose, time, and amount have to match. So, in other words, the purpose of the money is it set aside for construction? Is it set aside for, or is it allocated? Sorry, is it allocated for construction? Is it allocated for for one year uh, consumable items? Is it allocated for you know the next F twenty two, you know, whatever? Right? There's a purpose specific to that money. Then, of course, there's the amount. Congress gives you 100 bucks. You spend no more than 100 bucks. bucks.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, period. It's pretty simple. Math math is pretty easy there. And then here's where it gets real fun, and why we're talking about this issue of end of end of fiscal year is the third piece is time, and it has to be it has to be obligated in the year that it was appropriated. That's so much fun to say. It's a tongue twister. Right. So most that, of the time, so the,
0: the rush is about one year money, where it, it's done at the end of this year. But two year money also has an expiration date. So at the end of the second year, you might be panicking to spend that.
1: And for example, we had uh, three-year money, which is systems for procurement, for buying a a system of some sort. I've had source selections, I kid you not, for all the planning that goes into a source selection, we had some money that we wanted to be able to buy this system with. It was three-year money, and I kid you not, it was going to expire. So in the middle of the source selection, you had this other thing in the back of your mind of, oh, well, we have to get the source selection done by a certain date so that we can use this portion. Now, it wasn't all of the money, but it was some of the money to to pay for this particular product. That kind of stuff happens. Something else to consider is what's called the Anti-Deficiency Act, and that specifically says you, contracting officer, can't spend money outside of that, of this time zone, et cetera. So if you spend money outside of the time bounds, outside of the amount, or outside of the purpose... That is the rule that you are breaking. If you break the
0: bona fide needs rule, then you're in violation of the Anti-Deficiency Act.
1: Bingo. And so why is, why is this really a, a big deal for people? Is it if you lose, and using you know air quotes, if you lose the money by not obligating it on time, etc., the mission, the customer, the program manager, the contracting officer's representative, and the contractor all of them could suffer for it. I mean in fact they will in some cases because I mean, the expectation is I'm going to get this stuff and now the money's poof gone, yep,
0: right? Nothing gets bought, nothing gets sold. So because of this, some contracting shops turn into sweatshops during the end of September.
1: <laughs> yeah, the joke is that my wife would bring in pizza for us because we we're going to be there until midnight on September 30th depending on where you work that's that, that is a real it is a reality. At the same time I've been in offices where someone brought, you know, like $160,000 to buy something at 11.08 p.m. on September 30th. And I, I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it, it, as, as much as I don't want to tell them this, it, the reality is I, I can't get that done. Now, you could make all the arguments of, oh, the planning should have happened. You no. have 52 you know, a, minutes, Kevin.
0: You have 52 uh, minutes. Why can't you do it?
1: That's right. And I had like six other things ahead of that. And, but it, just be aware of that sensation. That's the purpose of this cast, is to help people understand the emotional frustration that sometimes can drive, I'll just say, an irrational behavior and, and you know locking horns at the end of the fiscal year.
0: Let's put this specifically into the context of why should the government care about the end of the fiscal year money. The government should care and does care because money could be no good on October 1st, so could be like Tuesday, September 30th, everything's fine. And then, like you said before, poof, October 1st, no money,
1: gone. And keep in mind, this is essentially the final stage of a long process. Started out, depending on how complex the system is, but even if you're just using this for services, for consumable services, there's still a planning process that started years before. Where the, the agency went to, the, went to Congress and said, "Hey, I need this much money to do these following things There's a planning and budgeting process, and then the funds get allocated, then they get committed and then they finally get obligated on the contract so it's, a, it's the last you know it's like the last step in a long process, and it's the one that tends to create the most emotional frustration when it's not done correctly, but let's focus on what can we do to make sure that when we get to the obligation stage we're not all clueless
0: Right the acquisition schedule is built to make sure that the money doesn't go poof the schedule's built to get it done before september 30th but unfortunately lots of complications occur so you can spend a lot of time and energy trying to make sure that you're done say beginning of september give yourself plenty of buffer and still be in the situation where you get to the end of the year and everyone's super stressed because the money is going to disappear
1: and of course, we also have the argument of, you know, this is the system that we have. So rather than complain about it, let's be on offense and make sure we all know about it and can and behave accordingly and make both sides more successful. So why does industry care?
0: It's really the same
1: reason. In the air
0: quote real world, money doesn't disappear. A deal cut on September 30th is just as good as a deal cut on October 1st. But in the government world... That money's gone. So industry could spend all year with this in their, in their forecast. And, you know, they need it to keep people employed and families fed and all these things. And because of the change from one day to another in the government calendar, all gone. You and I always talk about what, what can you do, the power of do. The system is the system. Let's figure out how to get things done within the system. Let's run through three things that both sides can do.
1: The first one is the idea of having speedy responses. And that's just on both sides. So, but like from a contracting officer's perspective, the CEOs are just trying to get, they're trying to keep up. They're trying to get the work done at the end of the fiscal year. So, responsiveness to the requests for, hey, I need a price for this. I need, you know, I need to negotiate the, ter- the final terms of this. I need a final proposal revision. I need whatever they, they, they need, right? Be, be aware of that because, you know, they've got the, the Indiana Jones ball rolling behind them that's making them run <laughs> faster, right?
0: Right, industry, be and, prepared for that. Know that it's the end of the year and you're going to have to probably respond faster because the fuse is lit and it's burning fast.
1: Yeah, your ability to react quickly can differentiate you between getting, obviously getting end-of-year fund revenue or just being frustrated on both sides. <laughs> and and it, I mean, is that an extreme example? Probably, but but here's let me give you what I, what I mean by that. The stacking of the traffic effect. The traffic effect basically says, if you leave for work at six o'clock in the morning, what's the traffic like? If you leave for work at eight o'clock, what's the traffic like? Okay, same concept applies in the end of year. So things like just taking an extra 15 minutes or an extra couple of days to look something over on September 2nd creates a snowball effect that may show up in the contracting officer's brain 28 days later on September 30th. And likewise, when, when you're on the industry side, you got that stuff to do. Be away. So this, this starts now. It's like
0: holiday traffic in D.C. When it comes to Thanksgiving, if you plan to set your alarm at 6 o'clock so you could beat the rush out of town and you sleep in an extra half hour, that could haunt you later in the day.
1: It's the shadow <laughs> of the past again. There it is.
0: <laughs> if you're on the industry side, responding to requests quickly, that does separate you that makes it easy for the government to buy stuff from you. If you're on the government side, remember that if you want quick responses, you need to communicate as much in advance as possible and in as much detail as possible so that people are prepared to give you quick responses. You can't get to a week before the end of the fiscal year and say, okay, I need a 10-page write-up about this thing by tomorrow. Some things you just can't compress, so... If you've prepared them ahead of time and you still need a 10-page response, industry will have already written nine and a half pages of that response waiting for the final
1: instructions. And communicating, communicativeness, is that a word? It separates both sides from from the pack, what I mean, not separates them from each other. But it actually gets to the point where we're we're really trying to communicate, we're we're trying to get to the same place. We're trying to get the work done, get the contract awarded, and going back to the core purpose of a contract. if the person who needs something connected to the person who can do something. That's the purpose of this thing, right? So if both government and industry are aware of the end of fiscal year and all the nuances that come with it, they're going to be better off. And here's the thing. Converting officers and industry, don't assume that your counterpart understands all these nuances. Don't assume that they understand what you're going through. Because you and I both have learned a lot about right. what the other side actually is going through. Talk it's, to we have a. Yeah, this, this prepping for this, this, uh, for this podcast was a lot of fun going through. There's probably a hundred things we left out (laughs) because there's so many things that you could talk about. So you gotta, you gotta communicate and be, be aware of things like if you ask the contractor, I'm going to need, I'm probably going to need something like this by the end of the fiscal year. And they come back and say, okay, that's going to take me like a couple of days to pull it together. Should I start working on it now? So that I'm, I'm prepped for it. That what's that? that took 30 seconds to go through, that's the kind of thing to make a difference between you guys getting in a fight at the end of the year or not.
0: Right, because and CEOs, except- don't forget that contractors, they are bound by just as many rules and maybe even more rules than government people have to deal with.
1: Which is funny to say, but probably true. Right, I mean,
0: you, if you're a CEO, you know what the, what the acquisition approval process is like. You know what, you know, just a, a file review, if you're a contract specialist and you need to get something signed, you know that can take some time. Don't forget that contractors have their own processes and they have lots of rules that they have to follow, not only internal policies, but government policies. If you have a, an approved purchasing system, you have to follow all these rules in order to purchase things or even get quotes. So if, if you're a CEO and you're asking for stuff at the last minute, understand that you as a contracting officer have a lot of authority. You can negotiate, sign a contract, but on the industry side, The individuals don't have as much authority in many cases. They may have to get things signed at a higher level, which can take more time. All right, what's number two? Number two, everybody understand all of the acquisition options out there. People tend to fall into patterns and always do things the same way, but there's lots of different ways to buy things if you're the government.
1: Yeah, and end of fiscal year, there are lots of scenarios. We have Simple things like a GSA purchase. We have you know, delivery orders on existing contracts. There's FAR 13.5. You have uh, existing contracts with an, uh, an engineering change proposal. There could be a and a JNA. You know, Yikes, that's a whole different discussion. Yeah, There'll don't, don't forget
0: that it's end of fiscal year and I wasn't prepared is not one of the uh, exemptions that the FAR allows you to, to use to avoid a competition. All right, go on.
1: So, for example, if it's an engineering change proposal to an existing contract that may, again, may, have weighted guidelines involved, the time to start talking about weighted guidelines is not September 28th. However, if you're doing a competition <laughs> and you have end-of-year money to deal with, it's a different set of issues to deal with. So there are lots of different scenarios, and if you don't understand which one you're in, you, you're not, your communication's already breaking down. It's amazing the difference that communicating can make.
0: Right. If, if you're the contracting officer and you want to know how to something can be done as quickly as possible, just ask industry. They can be incredibly creative. They'll come up with all kinds of great ways for you to go faster, probably all slanted so you can go faster and just award to them and not compete amongst anyone else. Maybe even some ideas that are against policies or even illegal, but they'll give you lots of ideas <laughs> on how to do things faster. If you're on the industry side and you have some legal and within regulation ideas, you should share those with the CEOs up front. They may not be thinking about all the different ways that things can be done because they get they get stuck in a rut of, this is the way I always do things, so it's easier for me to do them this way.
1: Another way could be faster. And it goes back to communicating. All right, what's number three? What's our third suggestion on how to embrace the end of fiscal year <laughs> mayhem? So
0: don't get too hung up on price. And this is a, a source of great debate amongst industry and government and just between me and you Kevin <laughs> we, That's right. we could go hours just arguing about this but remember that there's two sides to every story the government has to justify a fair and reasonable price contractors have to make a fair enough return and what a fair enough return is depends greatly on the individual situation of that contractor but this is capitalism overall And price is ultimately driven by the market, whether it's the government's the only market or whether the government is competing with the rest of the buying world for these products.
1: Understand your counterparts' emotional concerns, I'll say it that way, at the end of the fiscal year, because you're both dealing with this, we need to get this done, it needs to be, the, the agreement needs to be done, the task order needs to be awarded, whatever it is, and if you get hung up over something that would not be as big of an issue. This is
0: September, the time of year that most likely to leave people in tears.
1: <laughs> or or locking horns. Or yeah, and, or, and, or bitter. And that
0: bitterness yeah, can last a long, long time.
1: And and keep in mind that there's there's this perception, and I think that's why it's so important to to for us to talk about this. There's this perception that both sides are going to abuse each other. And this is that whole 1% thing. Is that 1% of people are going to abuse the system. Most people, are, they're, they're just not aware of, of the emotional impact on both sides. And again, as a contracting officer, I did not understand the amount of effort that it went into decreasing the, con- the contractor's profit by, you know, say, you know, 3% based on some variable, right? Because like you mentioned before, they have to go up their chain and get that because they have to get that 2% approved because it's impacting a whole lot of other things in their company. And for me, as a contracting officer, I'm looking at the weighted guidelines, I'm looking at my negotiation, I'm looking, you know, I got a plan that was built by me and a lawyer and a pricer, and we're all at the table. That's different. It's, and so being aware of that difference is huge. And rather than pretend that it's not there or just you know, assume everybody's evil, <laughs> let's, let's consider these are people awarding contracts. And they got to be able to, to, to communicate on what issues are driving frustration on their side and realize sometimes what's making this whole Negotiation discussion more dicey is that stupid clock ticking behind our heads. <laughs> and, and here's another, I'll throw in a last one here, is that don't, don't expect miracles on each side. Um, I kind of, I, I foot stomped that a lot because I wasn't as aware, I'm, I'm kind of going through this idea again, of I wasn't as aware as a contracting officer how long it takes to get some things done and just because it's the end of fiscal year, it's going to take people longer to get things done and don't assume that they can work a miracle and pull something out and, and for that matter, they're just going to ignore, either side can just ignore certain regulations and certain requirements just because of that ticking clock. Because if you're a shareholder in a publicly traded company, the answer that they didn't follow a policy can't be, oh, but it was September 30th. Right. <laughs> it goes, you know, those, that, that, oh, but it was September 30th doesn't fly on either side. So let's be aware of how we can minimize the impact of it.
0: Okay, to wrap this up, understand what type of money you're dealing with. Be ready to talk about what kind of money you have because the whole idea of money disappears may be foreign to people on the industry side. It's very familiar to people on the government side. But if both sides talk about what kind of money it is, everyone understands what's going to be necessary come the end of the fiscal year.
1: Let's talk about it. Let's be aware of this so it doesn't come up on September 20th and go, oh, whoops, this money's expiring. Guess we better start sprinting, which, you know, happens <laughs>
0: one more thing on on the power of of do getting stuff done and, and going back to the traffic effect that you talked about before one thing that i screwed up on early in my contracting officer career before i really recognized what end of year is like the power of getting everything that's not end of year related done in advance so that when it comes to the end of the year the only things that have to be done right then are the actual end of year things great power in planning ahead even though sometimes i understand that's not possible but i also understand that i could have been a lot better at it and i got better at it okay that's it for this encore episode of the contracting officer podcast thanks for joining us